So, how do we start? How do we start? Um, I mean, in reality, are we just like playing this from the top as if it was going to be like a first episode or something? Because yeah. if that's true, then there should be some introduction in terms of what we each do, since that's the basis of this show. I suppose. I suppose is. I feel the urge to just read on our super secret document here the the basic premise that I feel like encapsulates what it is that we're trying to do here. What do you think? I think I should yeah. do that. Yeah, that works pretty good. You wrote that, right? I didn't write I, that. I think I wrote this. Yeah, and I think I wrote like this writing. many years ago, actually. So yeah, well, you you wrote this back when I was getting ready to manage a farm, so about a year and a half ago. Okay, here's here's what I wrote. <laughs> Sam and Max are brothers, so I'm Sam, and that makes you Max. I'm Max. Yep. One is the oldest, the other is the youngest. Which one are you? I'm the youngest. I'm the oldest. We have three other brothers. One is a corporate consultant who spends most of his time on airplanes and in boardrooms. And the other one is a farmer. What's up with that? Let's talk about it. That, All right. That's the entirety of our, of our premise. Uh, and, and just to be clear, what, are you the farmer or are you the consultant? Yeah, definitely, definitely the farmer. You, you are the farmer. Uh, well, let's, let's just say this. I'm pretty sure you've taken more flights in the past three days than I've taken in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even kidding. That's possible. That's, that's possible. I, have, I, have, I do spend some time on airplanes. I am also the one who um, was unironically called corporate strong by his girlfriend in front of his brothers and has never, never heard the end of that. Do you remember that? No, I remember that. I don't. I don't think it, she used it in a very sincere manner. Too. Well, yeah, it was not ironic at all. We were sitting outside in our very rural grandparents' uh, house, sitting outside on the porch, I think talking about, I don't remember what we are talking about, comparing jobs. Farmstrong. Farmstrong. We being Farmstrong. Oh, yeah. 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 What is Farmstrong? Do you have a definition of Farmstrong? I don't think so. I don't think I even actually qualify as Farmstrong as a farmer. I feel I like Farmstrong is like you don't necessarily look, like you you don't look built necessarily but you've got that like weird dad strength i think dad strength and farmer strong is kind of similar no i would definitely i mean like i worked the the farm in ann arbor that i worked on uh my boss did not look like he was ripped until we went to lift anything and he was like hands down the strongest person i've ever seen yeah and nothing about his body made it look like he was strong but i think it's just the 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 fitness you get in from doing weird tasks all the time yeah that definitely don't work don't work your normal muscle groups yeah. so you don't get bulky you just yeah. get lean lean and but, strong as hell and and yeah. we were, that's what we were talking about and Emily bless bless her heart was trying to be helpful was trying to build me up and she called me corporate strong which is just I want you worst. to describe that <laughs> I want to know what a corporate strong would be then corporate strong is the ability to go to an airport. Um, and eat just something terrible. Uh, if, if we want to really be specific, my life uh, last night got to the airport at dinner time, and I ate Popeyes, uh, and I had five pieces of fried chicken and some mac and cheese and a biscuit. You eat all of that, and then you go and you sit on a plane uh, for anywhere from one to six hours, and you you survive basically. That's, so you, that's it. You just you, like you eat bad like, things, and then you survive being on a plane. Do you clench? I feel like my your your core strength would be great because I think I would just, my stomach would hurt the whole time. 
six hours of just like um, tense tenseness. I don't know if hmm, I don't want I don't want to go blue on our first episode. Uh, I don't know if I'd call it core strength. There is a like a intestinal strength, perhaps that is going on. Yeah. There is some clenching. I don't know if the clenching is happening in the abs per se, as maybe a little further south. But something something is being something is being worked, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So that's <laughs> that's corporate strong, and that's just really on a different level than um, you know being actually strong. Yeah, I wouldn't even I would I don't give myself the title of farmer strong just yet, um, but it'll it'll come with time. I'm still young in, in the farming community. Mm, all right, I, I feel like you're you're well on your way to to corporate strong. Uh, I appreciate that. So, is that enough of an intro? Do we need to what What else do we do? People need to know before we can, you know, just dive into stuff. Why don't you? Um, why don't you here? Here's what we do. That's right. I'm going to ask questions and then not let you uh, answer. Why don't you give us a little intro? Who Who are you and what do you do? All right. Uh, I'm Max Sperlin. I'm youngest. I don't know if age matters, but I'm 22. Um, I've been organic farming or working on organic farms for four and a half years now, which is not necessarily what I went to college to do. We can dive into that later sure. about how my college experience actually went. But um, so I've been working on farms that are usually less than 10 acres um, of like actual crops in the ground space. And uh, so small compared to like a cornfield you drive past on a highway, those are all usually hundreds of acres. And uh, this is nothing compared to that. This is a fraction of that, but it's way more uh, hands-on. You don't grow one crop. All the farms I've been at grow diversified vegetables. Um, that's where you make money being a one acre, you know, two acre, 10 acre farm. And yeah, two or three years of just like being a farm hand on your knees. You're the one that's always essentially, instead of a tractor, you are the person doing the thing. So and you're then, a human tractor. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and then starting two years ago, I worked my way a little bit more into like a management position, but as we'll quickly find out the hierarchy on a farm is super short and super narrow. It's a very squat totem pole. And um, so there's only so much room for upward mobility before either you own the thing or, yeah, something along those lines. So, so even when you were, you know, quote unquote, in management, uh, I mean, you were still out in the fields every day, right? Yeah. The only thing I'd ever get like a pass on was that I would split off every now and then on my own and would go, you know, try to get something ready for the crew to do next if I was managing people, um, always having something prepared. But yeah, I mean, I was, I still planted and harvested and weeded and did everything with the crew. You're essentially a crew member with more, more responsibility. responsibility. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. And, and so where, where are you now in the world doing farming stuff? I'm currently in gorgeous Groton, Massachusetts, um, about like an hour northeast so that's not possible. An hour northwest. <laughs> An hour of, northeast. Uh, that's a different type of farming. That's that's going to be some aqua I, yeah. aqua farming. I, I fish now. No, I uh, <laughs> sorry. Hour about northwest of Boston, kind of out in the rolling hills in the fairly wealthy area where kids send their or where families move to and they're made their way to the top of the chain in a Boston company. Um, Some farming in Groton, but I'd spent the year before in Zealand, Michigan, which is basically Grand Rapids, and then all the seasons before that in Ann Arbor, Michigan as well. So this is my first out-of-state farming. 
How's it but, going? How's it going so far? Is it very different? I imagine you know Massachusetts farming must be a totally different ball game than Michigan farming. Is the dirt even? It, you know, are you actually you even know what you're, you're doing. You're making jokes, but you but you're being actually accurate for what it's like really? to farm. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like weather-wise, uh, agriculture is split into zones. There's you know one through whatever and different letters. And uh, Michigan is a six A or 6B, I think now, where I was farming in Michigan, and uh, Groton's a 6B. So in terms of when you put things in the ground, it's like the exact hmm. same, uh, which just worked out that way. But the soil and the things that you're actually doing, um, whether that be the scale of the farm here is different, but also the soil here is like 80% rocks. Um, huh. So, I mean, like, it's harder on your body, and it's a little harder to get things to grow, but soil's still soil, and stuff grows just fine. But um, it is a little different, actually. But. All right. Well, I see. I feel like this is why we're doing that pod, this podcast because I I don't know anything about what you do, and I will try to make jokes, and it turns out that my jokes are actually reality. Yeah, we're here so that's very true. Um, yeah, and then other other than that, I mean, we've only been here. We moved out two weeks ago, uh, first weekend of May, or May. So it's been a short, you know, time spent here, but it's the actual area is gorgeous. Uh, where we live is awesome. Um, I don't know how much time you've spent in Boston slash Massachusetts, almost, but yeah, you've been out there. Almost none. I, I've yeah. driven through Boston okay. several times, and I've been to Cape Cod a handful okay. of times. And you drove, did you guys drive to New Hampshire when you went skiing? Uh, we flew to Boston and then drove from there. Okay, so you have a little context for I mean, yeah. in, I didn't know anything about Massachusetts, and then um, as far as like topography, it's awesome. I mean, like rolling hills tons of you know forest is covering everything the, there's no really like where we are we're living there's no like subdivisions or like big subdivisions it's like a lot of country roads and stuff so um we're in a really cool area and there's a lot to do nature wise um it takes it's a hike to get to the city about an hour to actually do you know city stuff mm-hmm. but um we're about you know hour and 45 minutes from the white mountains in new hampshire which are huge um about an hour from western mass to get to the Berkshires, uh, an hour from like Portland, Maine, and you know to get some good old ocean uh, food. Ocean but, um, food. So that's what they call, they call it. They call it ocean food. Yeah. No, it's that's definitely <laughs> ocean food. Hey, uh, hey, what do you want for dinner? You want some ocean food tonight? Spoken like a true we, Michigander, man. Can we? You're can embarrassing we us. This for a second. You can can't Why is it called Bo- seafood? You can't be in Boston and be going around calling it ocean food. Okay, but like, why couldn't it be ocean food versus seafood? You're Are embarrassing we call it the our Atlantic family. Ocean. It's the Atlantic Ocean. <sighs> I know, but you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta have a sense of you know how the locals do it. We'll, we'll edit that out. No, we we absolutely <laughs> will not. I do land food, Sam. I'm used to growing <laughs> land food. Um, but yeah, anyways, that's so that's what it's like out here. It's been it's been fun. Uh, so I just finished, just got off work an hour ago, and that was my second full week. So that's pretty, I mean, so it's right now it's 4.20 PM. Uh, so you got off work an hour ago. That's a, is that kind of the normal day that you're, you're working right now? We're working a strict seven to three. That's nice. the best. That's solid. <laughs> I've, I've never been on a farm that's so like really structured with, you know, their hours. They really try to keep everyone eight hour days and we start at seven o'clock. Cause I mean, you already know this, but especially being right on the East coast, the sun rises at like five fifteen. Right, so it's right, yeah. so bright here so early. Um, I love it, though, because I do have like almost a whole day at the end of my day. Yeah. Not that and, I've been staying awake past 930. But. 
well, yeah, I mean, you're a farmer. You got to go to bed early, you know, early yeah. to bed early, early to rise, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think you've said this yet, but you live basically on the farm. Oh, yeah. I've got the world's shortest commute. I um living maybe 100 yards from the where the farm officially starts. Um, I live about 50 feet from the restaurant that we sell all of our stuff to. So it's a very tight um, area right around here. My boss lives above me. Um, so, um, and it's a very small farm too. It's a four person farm, uh, with an acre and a half of growing space, which is the smallest of any farm I've worked on so far, that's, but we can dive more into farming style. That's, that's and, like 50% larger than the lot that we grew up on. Yes. So imagine taking our lot and making most of it farmland, uh-huh. but still like pathways and stuff to drive on, but it's not a lot of growing space. Sure. All right. But, uh, yeah. Cool. Well, I feel like that was a, a a decent, quick intro into who who you are and what you do. This is your turn now because mm-hmm. I actually know – I've been asked many times when I moved out here what my family does. Mm-hmm. And I asked what you do all the time. And you're the one that I'm most excited to like talk about, but I don't know what to say. So this will be good. You can give actually, your intro to who, who I you are st- and what you do. Let's start by you saying what you tell people. When people I... ask you what I do, what do you say? Say, you're gonna be disappointed. <laughs> That's fine, man. Just lay it on me. Um, I say, no, I might even have your degree wrong. Did you get a master's in positive uh, organizational psychology or just positive psychology? It, it was actually technically in positive developmental psychology, but you're close enough. That doesn't really okay. matter. No one's gonna fact check that. Yeah. They're not gonna be able to tell the difference. Yeah. Uh, I say that you work for a consulting company um, that works mainly, or you work mainly with like the management and leadership level at these corporations. And you're working, this isn't always true, but I said you're working a lot with companies that got founded a long time ago and maybe are not the most up-to-date on how people work in the modern era in terms of communication and hierarchy and treating employees like people and that you guys come in and kind of work with them to fix some of those issues and work on trying to tackle the issue of employee happiness and wellness and um, also you know, employee retention rates. And that's usually like the quick way to get into it. And then everyone always is like, oh, that sounds awesome. And then I can't really go from there. But <laughs> well, I must about... say, I'm, I'm impressed with that, that answer. That was, that was surprisingly good. Okay, good. I good to know I've not lied to like 30 people <laughs> since I've been here. So no, yeah, that, like, was, oh, that was good. You can give your side of it. You can sure. give your actual. So like the, the elevator pitch of the way I usually describe what it is that I do and what my company does is um, we are uh, organizational transformation and change consultants. Uh, so basically wow. we help. We Was that a sarcastic wow? <laughs> it was a little bit like a, <laughs> it was. <laughs> we help really large – we help organizations that want to change and are sensing that they need to change the way that they work. And that is – Kind of deliberately vague uh, because we don't focus on any one specific thing. We actually take a really kind of systems level view of organizations and try to treat them like holistic uh, systems. So that means we, uh, you know, may work on things ranging from 
you know, on one hand, you know, helping with like making meetings better and, and like trying to fix like the meeting culture of an organization to workflow, to how do like, how do we actually organize and do the work to compensation or purpose. So we really we use the metaphor of um, an operating system for talking about organizations. So like a phone or a computer. Uh, those both have operating systems, but you don't really see the operating system, but it's definitely there. And the assumptions that are built into the operating system show up in what you actually see and interact with. And organizations are kind of the same way. We have assumptions and behaviors that are just baked into the way we do things. And a lot of times we haven't deliberately chosen those. We've just kind of inherited them from the past. And given the world we live in with you know rapid um, communication through the internet and technology and just the the fast-paced world that we live in now a lot of those old ways of doing things um, aren't necessarily the most adaptive so that's basically that is what we and i do in a nutshell I think I was close. Yeah. You know, it was a real. It was a basic version. <laughs> I must say, you got much closer than than I anticipated. And you're right in that I come from a positive psychology background, um, so not necessarily a business background. So I'm I'm particularly interested in the psychological experience of work and the human side of work. But we do more than just make organizations better places for people. We also, you know, we're, we care about that, but we also, um, the work that we do just helps make organizations better overall, like uh, just experience better, better outcomes financially, economically, um, but also for, for people. Um, and I work for um, a very small consulting company called The Ready. Uh, we've been around since 2015, and we started in New York, uh, but now we are fully distributed uh we have no central headquarter and we have headquarters and we have people in, in california and colorado and tennessee and i'm here in dc and we have people in new york and in amsterdam and in london and uh, north carolina and i'm sure some other places that i'm forgetting off the top of my head okay okay i didn't realize you guys dropped your headquarters or you yeah, the fact that you don't have a central headquarter anymore. Yeah, we. I mean, we kind of figured out it didn't make sense. We had an office in New York for a while. Um, when we started, that's where we all were. And then the founder moved to to Denver, and I moved down here. And really, the way we do our work is we try to mostly embed with our clients. So what matters is where the clients are, and it's actually more helpful to have consultants who live near um, our our clients. And as long as you can get to an airport, um, you can kind of be anywhere. So even though when I moved to DC, we didn't have any clients down here yet. The fact that I was near several major airports made it fine. And also is why I spent so much time on airplanes last year. Yeah, I think your schedule that you flew last year when you were still doing the San Francisco gig has to be the worst sounding weekly schedule I've ever heard. Yeah, I <laughs> it was bad. I would basically fly. I would catch a 6 a.m. flight out of D.C. on a Monday morning, uh, and then I would either take a red-eye flight. For the first few months, I would take a red-eye flight Thursday night into Friday back home from San Francisco. 
Um, and then I realized there was really no point in doing that because I would land Friday morning and just be a zombie anyway. So like, what's, what's the point of flying overnight just to land and not be able to do anything? So I started flying out really early Friday mornings. Um, and I would fly during the day and land Friday, kind of late afternoon, afternoon, um, spend the weekend at home and then do it again. And I did that for like six months. That crush you as a person? Uh, it crushed <laughs> me. It it kind of did crush me as a person, like not to get too deep and serious on the first episode. But by the end of that, I think I was wrestling like I was at least 10, 15 pounds heavier than I wanted to be. I my diet was shitty. Uh, my sleep was shitty. I was constantly kind of living in two time zones. Um, it was just it was just a bad it was a bad time. Uh, luckily, mm-hmm. the project was actually really good, and the people I was working with and our client were all really great. So the fact that I was flying back and forth to work on something cool and positive helped. It was just the sheer number of hours, you know, basically 11 hours a week being on planes. Um, and that yeah. was, like, not even including the transit time to and from airports, which – if you know where Dulles Airport is, and I live in Arlington, it's kind of a pain in the butt, like 30, 35 minutes to get there. And then San Francisco, I was up in the city, but the airport is kind of down south. So that was at least 30, 35 minutes every time I had to go to and from the airport. So, I mean, it was a, it was a, I'm glad that I did it. I became really good at traveling uh, by, by doing that. Like, I really, I'm just good at navigating airports and like figuring out how to travel well. Uh, but it's not anything I want to do anytime soon again. And luckily now I have a local client. So that, that has, uh, relieved a lot of the travel that I've was having to do. So you mean your six hour commute versus my about two minute commute, <laughs> different, different carbon footprints. Ten min- Wait, hold on. How does it take you 10 minutes to walk a hundred yards? No, I yards? said two, two, two minutes. Oh, Okay. I was about to question your leisurely pace. I'm on the clock. I was about to question your farmer strong uh, bona fides. If it takes you ten minutes to walk a a football field, Um, yeah. So so now now we we've both kind of laid out you know who we are and what we do. Maybe for this first episode, we can just talk a little bit about what we kind of want to do with the the podcast. I know I shared the basic premise, but we we've talked in a little bit more detail about kind of how we see this potentially going. So why don't we why don't we talk about that for a little bit and then uh call it call it quits on uh E1. Yeah, that works for me. Do you want to do you want to I don't know what what why don't you, that? you want me to talk about it? You why don't you kick us off? What are you, I, what are you thinking? I think it'd be cool. I think something to be interesting is that one, I'm very interested in your your day to day in terms of what you you don't have to break down like what you do at work all the time. Obviously, yeah. part of that's comp- part of that's confidential. There will be some NDA stuff where I can't talk yeah. about like specific clients or specific things, but I can. I think there's enough stuff for me to talk about that'll still be interesting. But- even in like vague terms of like how you self-manage because you don't have that office that you necessarily need to clock into or how you're traveling a lot for work, I think that would just be an interesting juxtaposition plus to what my f- day-to-day is. Yeah, plus the fact that the Ready is a self-managing organization. So like there's a yeah. whole bunch of stuff we could talk about there. Yeah, and as much as that you're allowed to talk about it. And I think it would just be fun to see because I've been – before this and I did this last year, I've been tracking like – what did we do this week on the farm? I just write it on this sheet and kind of like just to give you context of like what did I do this week? And here's a little little, little teaser. 
for what happened this week that is going to be fun just to compare to your daily schedule. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we we got a delivery of ten lambs to the farm, so we did a lot of <laughs> a lot of lamb a lot of lamb prep. Um, <laughs> hold we, on, wait, hold on. I before you move on, what what is lamb prep uh, entail? Um, like Mock all you want. Making the beds and yes. Um, in a sense, I mean, we went and you, you lay hay in their hutch in their little area to make sure that they're going to be warm and happy. And then you make sure that this is, you have to manage the pasture that they're going to be in, in the sense that lambs are like the pickiest eaters of livestock. Really? So they will, there's a hierarchy to what they eat. So we did, they did this, some of this before I got there, but you want to make sure you have certain stuff planted because they like it more than other stuff. What do they like the uh, most? Like, uh, clo- like spinach? Silver. Oh, clover. clover. You don't you don't grow spinach <laughs> in a pasture. That's a crop. <laughs> well, <laughs> That'd be like okay. Never mind. I thought There's, I thought rabbits ate clover. Um, they probably also do. I don't think a lot. Of, I think clover's the top of like what you can eat as are, a pasture animal. Are rabbits and lambs mortal enemies? No, I mean maybe maybe they are when they have to fight over food. Hmm. It's hard to say. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll keep an eye, I'll keep an eye out. Yeah, look for any rabbit lamb battles for me, please. Okay. Yeah, I definitely will. Um, but yeah, so we. Okay, what else did we do this week? We prepped for lambs. We what else did we do that was big? So we harvesting one day a week right now for the farm, and actually we or for the restaurant. Um, and we'll get into this, but we harvest for a few other restaurants that are within the restaurant group. Um, so we harvested some bok choy, lettuce, green garlic, pea tendrils, radishes, arugula, spinach. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. Pea tendrils. The hell's yeah, a pea like, tendril? Like a sweet pea, so you know, like you're growing peas. I know what peas pick. are. What's the pea tendril? Okay. It's you cut the plant before it ever has a, a chance to produce the pod, and then you eat that. Yes, it it's very good? common to be. Yeah, we actually. You know what? This I can. We can talk about my. I'm trying to become a better chef this year because I have an organic farmer who eats mostly Little Caesars pizza, <laughs> and which we get. You know, we definitely have in common. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But. Um, but yeah, we know we cooked pea tendrils this week, and they're really good. They're good sautéed. They have like a woodier stem, so you know, some texture. You just set yourself up for that ongoing joke about the last farmers market that you worked at, where everybody would ask you, "How do I cook this?" and "What's the what's your your stock answer?" It wasn't even the, it was every farmers market that I oh, worked. Sure, as being, people always people always have questions because you're the farmer, and honestly, most farmers I worked with are like good chefs for sure. Um, but people would ask me all the time, they like, "How should I cook this?" And yeah, my go-to answer might have been you should saute it in oil <laughs> with some garlic because you can't go wrong in sautéing anything in oil with some minced that's, garlic. That's true. And or I would say, you know, people kept saying grill. You can grill most vegetables; they'll be pretty good. You never said you, but you never said like throw it in the microwave. No. <laughs> what you do is you throw that in the trash. You find your your local Little Caesars <laughs> and give them your support. Um, and then let's see what else do we do this week? House rapid fire some stuff. Yeah. We have been starting a bunch of stuff in the greenhouse. So like, you know, we start all of our own transplants for stuff we put in the field. Um, Wait, we prep- what's a transplant? Transplant is the term you'd use for like a seedling or something there, you know, like a little block of soil, you know, the little like containers Wait, so you, you don't see. Just put, you don't just put seeds out in the field? That's called direct seeding. You do that for almost maybe like six or seven crops. So instead of doing that, you... You grow start them in, like them in a tray, and then you when, yeah. they're, when they're little, when they're like little baby plants, you put them outside. Yeah, it's that way to have full control over germination, and you're not wasting space on things that don't come up. Mm-hmm. And some things need specific conditions to ever germinate, so you have more control by starting your own ones. Interesting. Um, so we did that. We did a bunch of weeding. What do you, wait, what do um, you what do you what do you put in the greenhouse? Yeah, we started 
restaurants are using a lot of microgreens, which are trays, you know, of the hell's a microgreen? People. Really? You don't know this either? <laughs> this is where you take like wow, this, these episodes are gonna take seven hours. <laughs> You've got you like a small that. salad. Yeah, pretty much. It's a you've seen it garnished on top of any fancy meal, but all it is is it's a tray. You take it like a plastic tray that's like all one. You know, it's like a a bowl, a really big bowl. Put some soil in, and then you put in a ton of seed from some type of crop. So we use like um, uh, collard greens. You do micro collard greens, and you what you do is you let them get to when the very first leaves come up. Um, which are called cotyledons. We don't need to get into that. <laughs> but first leaves that come up um, are super, super dense in nutrients and flavor. Huh. Um, they have like unique flavors too. So then you cut them with scissors. You know, it doesn't weigh very much. You wouldn't eat like a full-on microgreen salad because that would cost so much money. But you then use these different, and you can do it with like amaranth, radishes, all these different crops, but micro-sized Wait, basically. Amaranth so, is a real thing? I thought it was like a fantasy yeah. video game thing. No, amaranth is a type of <laughs> weed slash flower. Um, I'm an idiot. God, I'm an so idiot. <laughs> um, so anyways, we do a lot of microgreens because the restaurants, these are pretty nice restaurants we're providing for, okay. and they like to top their stuff with it. Um, we started some scall- scallions or, you know. Uh, I know what scallions are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, like chop- I like chopping up some scallions, putting it on top of my chili. There you go. So we just we just started some scallions, some cucumbers. Wait, what's the difference between a scallion and a green onion, or is it the same thing? Same, same thing. Okay. I've always been told they're the same thing. I'm sure. We have zero listeners, but one day if we ever have listeners, someone yeah. will tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, I look forward to that day. And that was <laughs> that was the main stuff that we uh, started. Oh, there's so many other things that you're gonna be confused by. But we planted <laughs> um, more stuff later this week. Actually, yesterday we had a bunch of volunteers, but we planted celeriac, which is celery root. See, I would, I would be all surprised, but I feel like I learned about celeriac from your previous jobs. Okay, yeah. I don't know if I've ever eaten a celeriac, which really sounds like an alien. It Uh, looks like an alien. Google it; it's crazy. And then we did some fennel, some more, some bok choy, some kohlrabi, some cucumbers. And then today we worked in the kohlrabi. Kohlrabi is a great name. I I feel like I know a kid named Kohlrabi. Well, you're going to love it even more when you find out that one of the things we harvested today was broccoli rob, which is another type of vegetable. <laughs> it sounds like a good Kohlrabi, broccoli rob. Yeah. It's, it's like broccoli a, a rob sounds like a nickname for someone who works on a farm. Yeah. So, so we harvested some broccoli rob today as well. But today was one of those days that was miserable. It poured rain all morning, but we had to get stuff done. So we were out there. But I think it'll be fun to to do a little bit of not this detail, but we can talk about some of the stuff that you do. I do every week, yeah, because it obviously, obviously leads I'm to confused. some conversation. <laughs> obviously, I have no idea what's going on, and I find it interesting. Yeah, and then other things I have written down that I think would just be interesting is just the, obviously the the history of how we each got into our stuff, because mm-hmm. um, neither of them were very direct paths. I feel like maybe mine was more direct than yours, even. Um, and then some of our like some of the side things. You know, you've you've been known for doing many side gigs and side hustle things. You know, yeah. um, I'd love. I think it'd just be interesting to hear more about that. And then if we ever get running out of ideas, I do want to hear more about just like you've traveled quite a bit, not even just for work, but mm-hmm. for other things as well. Um, and I've been a very homebody person in the past. You know, and there's also ten years separating us in age. But true. Um, just to hear about that too. So those are kind of like the main points that I think will be interesting to talk about. Cool. Yeah. I. I agree with all of those. Um, yeah, for me, 
I thought this would just be an interesting project because I am just intrinsically interested in work and how people, um, like any people experience work and like how they got to where whatever it is that they're doing and, and how they experience it. And I'm just, I'm just very curious about how people experience work. And I figured since you and I, you know, we're brothers, so we already talk pretty regularly, but we have very different, um, very different careers that we are involved in. I thought that that juxtaposition would be kind of interesting for, to just, you know, talk about. So all those questions you listed, I think are, are interesting. Um, yeah, I want to pick your brain about like what it's like, like psychologically to, to be a, a farmer. Um, so I don't know exactly like what those questions are going to be yet. And I think they'll probably just kind of make themselves known as we, as we chat. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I have like, we, we had this idea a long time ago and we never, we didn't pursue it. And I think part of the reason why we didn't, at least why I didn't was cause I wasn't, I didn't really have a super clear vision about where it would go and whether it would be interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. and I still don't know if that's actually, if it's going to be interesting to anyone except you, uh, or I, but I figured I personally just wanted to chat with you about these things and why not, you know, record it and throw it out there and see if anybody wants to, to listen. Maybe there's some, uh, some remnant, the file drawer listeners out there who's just been craving some Sam podcast material. I, I know, I know one person. I'm going to give an early shout out to Bill because he will listen to this, no doubt, because okay. he is apparently the only diehard file drawer listener. That's right. I think, I think that is very true. Uh, very true. And two Sperlins in one podcast, he's all over it. That's, that's <laughs> some, some dense Sperlin action. Uh, all right. Well, I feel like I feel like we should stop for for today because I'm sweaty and I want to go order a pizza. Yeah, hey, we're having pizza for dinner. Nice. Hey, do do we really have a Little Caesars near your place? No, no, we don't. This place is too fancy to have Little Caesars nearby. Yeah, what kind of pizza are you getting? Ah, uh, this is a, this we're all we're new to all the food around here, but there's a local like pizza chain called Bruno's, so we're getting some Bruno's pizza. I envy you. The best thing about moving is getting the lay of the pizza land. Figuring yeah. out where's the best pizza that I live near, uh, it's a really it's it was a really fun part of moving to DC. I see, you and I'm keep, sure your options are bigger. So yeah, I see you highlighted a question in the document. <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about that right before the end of the podcast, this episode, because I think you may have just asked the most pivotal question that we have not that no it's, one's talked about. It's something we've talked about on the file drawer, actually. Um, oh really? Yeah, but maybe that's where I heard it from. Maybe. I mean, maybe we just end on this, you know, kind of in the um, my brother, my brother, me style of <laughs> of one last question just to to for people to chew on between episodes. Yeah. Read it. You can read it, <laughs> Sam. You want me to Sam read wants it? to know. Okay, go ahead. Oh, I got it. All right. Sam wants to know why don't we farm giant lizards and eat their tails since they regrow? Hmm? And honestly, I'm stumped. It's so. <laughs> a great idea. You should introduce, go talk to your boss. Go knock on her door and tell her you got the best idea ever. All right. I will. All right. But, cool. All right, man. Well, well, talk to you again soon. Absolutely.